church tonight. Welcome to our midweek Bible study. So good to see everybody. Hallelujah. How many brought your Bibles with you tonight? I want you, if you would, uh, let's begin reading. I want you to open up to 2 Timothy, if you could. Uh, we'll start in the first chapter and the seventh verse. And today we're going to talk about canceling the fear culture. Canceling the fear culture. Or you could call it conquering the spirit of fear. Or you could call it giving the spirit of fear the beatdown that it deserves. <laughs> or annihilating the spirit of fear. I couldn't think of the, the best way to say it. So we titled tonight, Canceling the Culture of Fear. I really do believe we are living in a day where there's a culture out there that is driven towards making you afraid only way they can control you is with fear and so we're going to uh, not have any tolerance for it at all we are not going to normalize it one bit it will have no part in our life in Jesus name amen uh, let's begin reading here in verse 7 boy you're going to be glad you came tonight amen Verse 7, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Can we read that together? Ready? Read. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you haven't already noticed, and we brought it up just a second ago, fear has been busy flooding the earth. Just even in the last two years, if you haven't recognized that there literally is, and it's not natural, it's a spirit. Fear is not something that's natural, it's a spirit. And you can just sense there's a spirit of fear that has been flooding the earth, very busy at flooding the earth. But when it comes to the church, when it comes to the believer, the Christian, the believer, it must not be tolerated. It must not be normalized. It's not something that should be normal in your home. It's not something that should be normal in your life. It's not something that should be accepted. You know, some people say, well, everybody's afraid of something. No, you, you recognize fear for what it is. It's a spirit. It's straight from the pit of hell. And it's the very platform or it's the method of operation that Satan works from. And so it's really the only access or the avenue that he has into your life. And he runs off that platform. So it's not natural. And if you tolerate it, uh, what happens to you when you tolerate fear, what happens to you when you normalize fear, it's not good. It gives him access into your health, into your finances, into everything that pertains to your life. And if you notice, you know, there's just such a culture of it. People are afraid of everything. I mean, they're, they're, they're afraid of everything, w wondering what's going to happen to the economy. Not sure if I, you know, we're not sure if we can live with the, with the inflation prices or this or that. People are afraid of everything. Well, that shouldn't be normal for the Christian. Because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Hallelujah. If God didn't give it, then we know where it came from. Can you say amen? amen. 
And we know who the God of this world is. We don't, we don't operate and function by the system of this world anyhow. We're in this world, but we're not of it. But God's given us a different spirit. Hallelujah. A spirit of power, a spirit of love, and of a sound mind. Praise God. And so we're going to talk about these things tonight just a little bit. Amen. And we're going to get to this place where we're going to annihilate it. We're going to recognize it and say, you know what? I'm going to conquer this because it does come to everybody. That spirit comes knocking at your door. How many have had the spirit of fear just come knocking at your door? Well, you've got to have to know how to respond to it. And the very first thing that I, that I come up with here that the Holy Spirit showed me is over here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. When fear comes to knocking at your door, the very first thing you've got to respond with is perfect love. Hallelujah. Now let's read this over here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. He said, there is no fear in love. You see that right there? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now, that's not talking about your love because your love for God isn't defined as perfect love. But God's love for you is defined as perfect love. You know, if you if you figured this out, I have. No matter how hard you try to love God, it's still going to be imperfect. imperfect. No matter how faithful you try to be, there's still going to be some imperfection at your performance when it's towards God. That's why our faith and our trust is in Jesus. But here, the kind of love that annihilates fear is perfect love. So that must define to us that perfect love is God's love towards us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I got one amen, and then I forced you to say hallelujah the second time. But boy, when you get a revelation of how God loves you, that casts out and it annihilates fear. Praise God. Can you say amen? So we know that's what perfect love is, and it expels fear. So I, I like to say this just in our introduction. When fear comes to knocking, let's say when, 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 you, when fear comes knocking on your door and all of a sudden symptoms are on your body and Fear's talking real loud, saying, well, you know, so-and-so died of this or so-and-so got the same symptoms and they have to live with it and they've got to manage their life with it. When fear comes to knock him, the way you respond to that would be with perfect love, right? How would that be? Well, it'd be like this. Well, God loves me, therefore by his stripes I was healed. When fear comes to knocking and you're not sure if you're going to make it financially because they let you go or you're jobless, you know, you don't have employment right now and nothing's coming in financially, how do you answer that? How do you respond to that? Well, God loves me with His perfect love and He meets all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Always answer initially with God loves me. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's perfect love that expels fear. So say that when it comes knocking at your door. God loves me. But when you got a revelation of how much he loves you, you don't have to be afraid whether you're going to make it financially. You don't have to be afraid whether or not you're going to make it, you know, physically or whether you're going to be terminated or whether things are going to go so wrong in your life that you're going to live a short life. No. When you have a revelation of how much God loves you, 
that perfect love cast out or expels fear. Hallelujah. So I like to say it like this. Have an answer. Have a counterpunch. Have a response with perfect love. You know, we talked about last Sunday, the last Sunday I preached here at this campus, we talked about how much we've been on the defense. It's time this year we get on the offense. Well, when you have a counterpunch, that means you're fighting the fight of faith. You're actually throwing a blow back. Fear likes to talk real loud. You're going to have to learn how to talk back to it. Unless you tolerate it, unless you've normalized it and thought, well, that's normal. Everybody's afraid of something. Every, everybody's got some kind of phobia about something. Well, you don't have to be afraid of anything. Why? Because you know God loves you with the perfect love. So you've got to have a punch back. You've got to have a fight back. You've got to have a response back to that. Whatever it is that's talking to you, that's trying to get you into a cycle of death, you're going to have to talk back to that and say, no, God loves me. And because God loves me, he said, all my needs are met according to his riches and glory. Because he loves me, he said, by his stripes, I was healed. You say, well, how do you know he loves me? Because of the fact that he had stripes upon his back. Glory to God. You see, all of his promises are tied into his love for you and I. And the Bible tells us this, that faith works or worketh by love. Can you say amen to that? We know that's found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, if you're taking notes. The very last part of that verse says, faith worketh by love. So we know this, that fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Let me say that again in case you're taking notes. Fear tolerated in your life is faith contaminated. You know, have you ever noticed that it's easy to let something slip? It's easy, you know, in your house. Let's say, for example, we've learned to live with some things kind of broken down. Have you ever, you ever had something that's real small, but you learn to live with it? You learn to tolerate it. And after a while, if you tolerate it, it gets worse. You know, we fixed some things at the beginning of this year that I should have fixed last year. And because we didn't fix it last year, it got worse. You know, if you learn to live with certain things, even in your own home that are broken down, it'll breed poverty. You'll use your faith in the area of tithe. You'll use your confession in the area of, pro uh, uh, of prosperity, and you'll speak prosperity scriptures. But if you tolerate poverty in your life, it'll contaminate faith for prosperity. If you tolerate fear in your life, it'll contaminate the reciprocal of fear, which is faith. You know, reciprocal of something would be the same thing but inverted. The devil knows, you, you see, he knows how faith operates. And so he'll use fear to get you to operate the same way you do faith so that he can have access and a foothold into your life. But you've got to get to the place and start now. Start at the beginning of this year. Because if it's not going to get weaker out there, the tide, the culture that's going on, you, you, you can't get away from watching the news. You can't get away from listening to social media. Everything is fear, 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 fear. I mean, we've had Alpha. We've had Delta. We've had, uh, what, what was the, the next one? Omicron. We have Flurona. We've got uh, Deltacron. I don't know what's next. 
But, boy, they're making it sound like you're going to have to get a booster and another booster. Why would you have to get a booster if a vaccination is a vaccination? It should work. But now people are starting to wise up to realize that ain't no vaccination because I know people that didn't get vaxxed that are better off than the ones that are vaxxed. But lies and fear being propagated by the system of this world, it's trying to control you, it's trying to weaken you, and it's trying to fight the spirit of faith from working and operating in your life. So if you tolerate those things, it'll contaminate faith. Have you ever noticed, you know, the moment that we've really... I remember we got a hold of faith. We got a hold of Brother Hagen's stuff and Copeland's stuff. We called it Copenhagen. Copeland Hagen. We started chewing on faith. Copeland and Hagen. There was the, the moment we started, there was a fight. There's, there, there was a fight. There was an attack on faith. And it started with religious people. You know, religious people. Why? Because religious people have a wrong spirit about them. It's driven by Satan. It is. And Satan hates faith. He doesn't want you operating in faith because he knows if you operate in faith, you're operating on a different cycle. He wants you on the death cycle. Faith keeps you on the life cycle. Did you hear what I'm saying? And I'm getting to my next point here. We're going to talk about these two different cycles. And so the devil knows if you get a hold of faith, you're going to be on the life cycle and there ain't nothing he can do about it. If you get a hold of faith, you're going to be on the prosperity cycle and there ain't nothing he can do about it. If you get a hold of faith, you're not going to be on the Omicron cycle. You're not going to be on the Deltacron cycle. You're not going to be on the cancer cycle. You're not going to be on the sickness and disease cycle. Come on, somebody. You're not going to be on the lack cycle. You're not going to be on the death cycle. You're going to be on the life cycle. And so you understand there's a system that he knows if he can somehow pervert and have an inverted, he even knows scriptures. He'll twist scriptures to try to get you to say a, a, a word a certain way because the only way he has access into your life is through your tongue. And that's how your authority is used. Come on, somebody. Is it all right if I just camp on this a little bit? He wants to use your mouth. He wants to use fear in your life. He wants to drive fear so hard on you that you get your words in agreement with it so he can have a foothold in your life. Why? Because if he knows he can't keep you uh, from, from going to hell, you're going to heaven, at least he can make you the laughing stock on this earth and make you cursed and sick and diseased like a lot of believers are. But it's not the will of God for any believer to be sick. It's not the will of God for any believer to die premature. It's not the will of any believer, any, any, any believer to be poor or barely get along or, or be average. Come on, somebody. It's the will of God for you to be fruitful. In fact, the richest people on the earth ought to be believers. The healthiest people on the earth ought to be believers. Come on, the most, the most free people on the earth ought to be Christian believers. I, I'm not talking about denominations or, or certain people. I'm not talking about just word of faith people. I'm talking about people that are born again, purchased by His blood, Covenant people. Come on, somebody. And so we want to have an understanding, if that's the case, of how these principles work, how I can stay on the life cycle, amen, and not on the death cycle. And so go with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Hope you're glad you came today. Praise God. We're going to say some stuff you've heard before, but faith doesn't come by heard. It comes by hearing. And so just because you've heard it doesn't mean you're going to hear it the same way you've heard it before. 
I believe you're going to get some revelation tonight and some light and some encouragement tonight and a, a drive to uh, cancel certain things and certain voices and the spirit of fear, keeping it out of your midst, not just under your feet. I don't want it around me. I don't want it just under my feet. There are certain things that are under my feet. I, I get that, but it's under the feet of Jesus. I just don't want it around me. And so we're going to learn how to cancel it out in Jesus' name. Amen? Look here at Romans chapter 8, verse 2. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Notice that. There's two laws being mentioned here. And these two laws are spiritual laws. He says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And then the last part of it is the law of sin and death. There, these are laws that are spiritual principles that govern life. You get to choose because grace has freely given you the ability to choose. And grace has freely given you authority you get to choose what cycle you're going to receive from or you're going to live on. You can keep the cycle of life turned on or you can make a choice, even as a believer, to operate certain principles that will govern the, the, the cycle or the law of sin and death. There, there are laws that govern this. Uh, you know, we... we I'm not talking about the law of Moses. I'm not talking about Old Testament law. I'm talking about spiritual laws that are operating right now in the earth. Everything that's happened in your life, everything that's happened in this earth has happened because of spiritual laws that were operated in or functioned in or activated in someone's life, whether good or bad. And here it says, it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes us free from the law of sin and death. So we know this just from what we're talking about. Everything in this, in this earth, on this earth, operates on the principles of these laws. We got, we got the law of gravity. We, we, we got the law of lift, right? Well, we also have the law of faith. And then we got the, the law of life in Christ Jesus. There are certain things that keep that law turned on. They keep you in that cycle. What is that? Your mouth right here. And the same trigger, if I can use that, or the same switch is used to get the law of sin and death operating in your life. Your mouth is either filled with faith or your mouth is filled with fear. And those two things will govern... Or I could say it like this, they'll, they'll determine what cycle you're living in. Amen. Thank you for your, for your enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, but uh, these spiritual principles have been given to you to operate in. Let me give you an example here. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. It says in the King James Bible, it says, Death and life are in the power 
of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So you have to ask yourself this question. What laws have I turned on in my life? What governs these laws? What have I put in my mouth for me to have the things that are going on in my life right now? Because with your mouth, you're either turning on the life cycle or you're turning on the death cycle. And for example, we were prophesied in the government over by our so-called leader, and I don't think anybody's a good leader that would say this, that this winter's going to be a year of a lot of sickness and disease and death. I mean, I ain't going to talk that way over myself. I ain't going to curse myself. I'm going to condemn those words, right? But you know there's, there's people, even Christians, that they hear something like that, and they're like, Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, my, oh my, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm just so scared. I mean, it's sad. But most Christians, you got to put huggies on them because they're scared. But it shouldn't be that way for you and I. Especially when we're educated and we get a hold of some understanding and revelation in the Scripture as to what God get, has given us and who we are and that God hadn't given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and sound mind. Right? I mean, there, there are certain places they make you wear a mask. I wear it they, to, to respect what they're telling me to do. But I, that mask just says fear, 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 fear. Every time I see it, it just speaks of fear. And, and I, I, I refuse to comply. I'm just not afraid. I'm not tolerating it. And so we, we just, everything right now is being driven towards controlling people with fear. And a lot of it's lies. A lot of it's scare tactics. Right? And the moment people get scared and receive those lies, it gives access for the worst case scenario to take place in your life because now you've hopped on the cycle of life, uh, of death, sin and death, right? And it says here, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So let's think about this right here. Faith operates and activates the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And fear operates the law of sin and death. Those two different things, but they both operate the same way. We believe, therefore we speak, right? That's how faith works. If you're afraid, you'll speak it too. The moment you've allowed or tolerated fear is the moment you can hear yourself speaking what you're afraid of. If it's coming out of your mouth, then you've tolerated it. It'd be good for some of us to have some kind of device that could record what we've said during the day because we could go back and listen to ourselves and find out why we've received so much things in our life, maybe good or bad, 
by everything that we've said out of our mouth. The moment you receive faith, guess where it comes out of? It comes out of your mouth. And that's why the fight, are you getting anything out of this? I'm trying to go as slow as I can with this so you can digest this today. The moment you hear faith, it gets on the inside of you. Number one, it's positive, right? It's not negative. Number two, it speaks of life. Jesus said, I've come, and I've come that you'd have life and that more abundantly. The thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. God is never going to give you a message to destroy you. When God gives you a word that brings faith, it uplifts you, it's positive, it heals you, it delivers you, it brings joy to your life, and anything that doesn't have that sound to it, you got to kick it out. You can't tolerate it because if you accept it, now the devil will even twist scriptures. He even used scriptures against Jesus. But Jesus said, it is written. Remember, it is written. That's why you got to know what's written in the Bible because he's a deceiver. He's not only a, 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 an accuser, he's also a deceiver. He'll come looking real good like he's God. He wants to be God. So he's the reciprocal of God. He thinks he's God, but he got kicked out for trying to be God, right? But he's still of the angel class. So the only thing he's got is something that you and I were never given to by God is a spirit of fear. You've got to be careful even what you listen to on Christian you know, radio or YouTube or even some of these prophets. Some of it's doom and gloom. Some of it is, is just, it's dark. It's scary. It's not uplifting. There's not a lot of faith to it. I even had someone come up to me one day and said, you know, you, be, you better, uh, it's kind of like the Y2K fear tactic, you know, you, you, you better change your water source because the plan is they're going to kill off everybody by March and it's going to come through the water. And right away when I, when I heard it, you know, the first thing you think of is, well, do I have the right filtration system? You understand what I'm saying? Because, because you're thinking, well, I don't want water to kill me. But even under an old covenant, even under, even under an old covenant, we're under a new covenant with better promises based on, right? I know a story where the, the, the waters were bitter. People were drinking of the water and the curse was coming in. But God made the bitter water sweet. So I live under a better covenant. Praise God. I said, you and I live under a better covenant with better promises. If he took care of Israel under an old covenant, how much more is he going to take care of me? Even if the waters get contaminated, I'm not going to be afraid. Even if the fires come, I'm not going to be afraid. Even if a new variant comes, I'm not going to be afraid. Even if, Hey, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, you could die. I ain't going to be afraid of that. Because the moment I exit this body, guess where I get to go? I get to go into eternity, praise God. You're going to be there a whole lot longer than you're going to be here. The whole thing is, is you can't tolerate fear. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So, just as faith gives substance to things hoped for, 
So it is with fear. We're talking about reciprocals, right? So it is with fear. It'll give substance to the very thing that you're scared of. And uh, these laws are activated by either faith or fear. The law of the spirit of life, which brings healing, which brings prosperity, which brings heaven on earth. Come on, somebody. Which, which brings about every promise that's in this book. Amen. And manifested in your life has to be activated by faith. And so it's faith that gives substance to those promises. Amen. And so we got lies that are just like promises, but yet there's no covenant to them. And fear gives substance to those lies. So we got one that's a promise made by a covenant by blood. Boy, I'll tell you what he's saying. I'll tell you there's no lie in my promise. And I swear to you that these promises will come to pass by the blood of my son Jesus. By his death, burial, and resurrection. What's the devil got? He ain't got nothing. He's a liar and he's been stripped of his authority so the only thing he has is your mouth. And if he can use your mouth, it's, it's, it's the only vehicle. Your mouth is the key to your vehicle. And he can't drive your car unless you give him the keys. He can't drive your life around the way he wants to. He can't perform his will in your life, which is based on lies. Unless you give him the keys, which gives him access to your life. And when you give him the keys to it, then he can drive your life just the way he wants to do it. What keys are you talking about? Your tongue, your mouth, your words, just like they express your faith, your words give expression to your fear. Y'all getting something out of this? Boy, I'll tell you, this is good. Look what the NLT says, the New Living Translation of Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You know, some people have a real hard time controlling what comes out of their mouth. That's why it's real important that you, you know, there's a scripture that says when your heart thinks evil, when your mind thinks evil, put your hand over your mouth. In other words, until you can get your mind renewed to thinking in line with the scripture, don't say anything at all. But the moment you renew your mind to the right way of talking in line with the life cycle, that's when you could take your hand off your mouth and begin talking with much freedom. Pump, some, some people have a problem with their mouth. And so the way you fix what's coming out of your mouth is you shut it, you put some duct tape on it, and you open up your ears and your eyes to the Scripture, and you take a word bath. 
<laughs> we, were talking, we were talking about that on the way to church. Someone said, someone had, had uh, told me the other day, said, man, I'm, my, my body's just so exhausted. I'm just so beat up. Pastor, I just, when's the next miracle service? I said, well, if you come to church, you'd probably have the announcements and you'd know when it was. Number one. But number two, you don't need a Holy Ghost in, in miracle service. You need a word bath. You know how you need a bird bath? You need a word bath. You need to sit under the word of God because the Holy Ghost service will fix you. But then you go right back home, quit coming to church, and, and you start thinking the same way and start talking the same way. Well, what do you mean I'm talking, not talking right? Well, you just said my body's so beat down. You don't think your body responds to the words you're saying? You don't think your body has ears? Jesus talked to a tree. That tree had ears. Well, your physical body, it's made of dirt, and your body has ears too, and it's listening to what you say. Didn't James say with the tongue you're able to bridle the whole body? Boy, your body's running wild because you can't bridle your tongue. See, people want to they, they, they come to Holy Ghost and joy service because they know they won't get that kind of talk. But you need that kind of talk that I just said right there in church so that you get your mind renewed as to how to talk. If you talk right, then you'd realize the reason for the Holy Ghost service is to get you refreshed and fueled so you go out there and do the work of salvation and the work of the evangelist. We got it all mixed up. We want people to get all joy and happy in here and have their little dance and freedom in church, and that's good. But the whole purpose of getting fueled up and fired up is to go out there and win souls. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'm not saying you can't run around in church and fall out and have power and, and joy. But, I mean, doesn't that make a better soul winner right there? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Say this with me. The Lord is good. Even when he talks to me like that, he's still good. <laughs> you see, sometimes you, you, you've got to realize that your biggest problem isn't that, you've, isn't that you haven't been to enough Holy Ghost services. Your biggest problem is you've done nothing with this thing up here. And when you do nothing with this, your soul, then your mouth is going to run amok. And when your mouth just runs off and spouts off whatever it wants to say, then you start cursing your own body. You start cursing yourself. The more you get under the Word, come on, the more your mind is renewed and you've got a, a bath with the washing of the water of the Word, the more you're going to start talking faith and the more you're not going to tolerate those things and the more you'll have a Holy Ghost service right there in your own living room. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Ghost can respond to faith anyhow. Well, where, where's he going to find faith to respond to? It's, if, if he's going to move in your life, it's going to have to come out of your mouth. Because the Holy Ghost operates on that life cycle. He doesn't operate on the death cycle. Sin and death, that operates through the governing powers of fear. And when you yield to that and begin to talk in line with that, you give substance to the lies you've been told. You know, faith gives substance to things hoped for. Well, you know, there's an expectation that you have, right? Hope would be an expected in, having an expe expectation. Well, 
if you listen to fear long enough, you're going to have a wrong expectation. You know what you're going to do? You're going to expect disease. You're going to expect average. You're going to expect lack. You're going you're to expect the worst, right? But as believers, I don't know about you, but in 2022, not only am I coming after you, <laughs> but I'm expecting good things. Well, for me to have that, then I'm going to have to keep before my eyes the Word, keep my mind renewed to the Word, keep my eyes and the frontlets of my eye, keep this thing before me at all times. Why? Because I'm guarding something very precious. I'm guarding my heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it flows the life cycle. Right? And if I allow contamination in there, it'll keep me from flowing in what covenant has made available to me. Boy, and if you're not flowing what covenant's made available, then, I mean, think about the price that was paid for you to flow in that. It was the life of God that came from heaven to earth where he gave himself up for you to have God's best in your life. And you take that for granted? No, that's why we adhere to the word of God. We keep our mind renewed to that so that out of our heart will flow that life cycle. Glory to God. Y'all getting something out of this? Uh, you know, there's life and death that are in the power of the tongue. Uh, Brother Hagin, he talks about I, some, somebody, I don't know the beginning of the story, but someone had called him and said, could you pray for a family member? He's in a hospital. He was in a coma. And so he's on the way to the hospital. And the Spirit of God spoke to him, and he knew that there was nothing he could do for this individual. In fact, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, there's been a spiritual law that's set in motion, and there's nobody that can change it but him. Well, he was in a coma, so he, there wasn't much changing he could do about it. So there wasn't much Brother Hagin could do about it because of the spiritual law that was set in motion. Well, this person ended up passing, and then Brother Hagin ended up going to the funeral, and he overheard somebody talking, and he, he wanted to know why there was nothing he could do about it. And someone had said, I don't know if the age is right, but someone had said, you know, I think he said, my brother always said he'd never lived past the age of 40. Was it 50? Past the age of 50. He'd never lived past the age of 50. And, you know, he died, uh, was it a day, two weeks before his 50th birthday. And Brother Hagin thought, aha, there it is. He said out of his mouth, and when he said that, a spiritual law was set in motion. What spiritual law? The law of sin and death. There was no, but God couldn't reverse that law. God's not going to go against your will. If you refuse to receive Jesus, he's not going to force feed Jesus down your throat and say, yes, you're, you will, you're going to be saved. No, that, that wouldn't be love. Are you understand what I'm saying? And the same it is for every believer God's not going to make everybody receive. He would love to do that, but he wants you to receive it by faith. Are you listening to me? And so you get to determine which switch you're going to turn on, what cycle you're going to live off of. There's, as long as you live in this world, there's always going to be the spirit of sin and death operating and functioning in this world. You've got to have enough discernment and we've all, been, we've all taken a blind eye to certain things, thinking, 
well, it's okay. That, that, that's, you know, there's nothing to that. You're going to have to have a, a rigidness about you. Thinking, I'm not going to cross this line. I'm not going to cross this fence. I'm going to stay on the right life cycle. Right? Well, you know, I'm just joking. We didn't mean those kind of words coming out of my mouth. But we, you shouldn't take everything I say serious. Well, maybe you should. Because the scripture says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Things, uh, I, I, I don't believe things just happen just because. You know, I think you, you have a friend even that had sit, someone in their family died and they said they wouldn't live past the age of 40 or wouldn't live past the age of 60 and they died on their 60th, right before their 60th birthday. I've heard many people say the very same thing. Well, I don't think I'll ever live past the age of 30. You know, when you plant those seeds, if you don't cancel them out, if you don't uproot that seed, it's going to come to pass. I don't care if, it, if it's concerning your physical body, the longevity of how long you're going to live on this earth, the kind of prosperity that you'll ever enjoy. You know, because people may have spoke over you, loved ones, family members, fathers, and may have told you you'll never amount to much. Our family, you know, we just always been average, so get used to it. You know, just be humble. You know, you hear words like that. You set your thermometer on that type of lifestyle. That's what you're going to have. But if you cancel that out, then you'll cancel that expectation out. And you get a hold of the expectation that God has for you. God didn't call you to, to be average. You shouldn't have those words coming out of your mouth. I don't care if grandma told you, grandpa told you, uh, your uncle told you, your mom or dad. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're already in the grave and they told you that and how precious it was. If it don't line up with the word of God, you're going to have to learn to cancel it out. Our expectation and our hope has to come from the Lord. If not, if it's coming elsewhere, it'll get in your mouth. And if it's coming out of your mouth, it's going to come into your life. Yes. Psalms 141 verse 3 in the NIV. In the NIV, he said in verse 3, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. In other words, I like what another psalm says. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In other words, I want to make sure, God, that what's coming out of my mouth is covenant promises. It's covenant words. It's, it, it, has, it has the blood of Jesus on it. Come on. We overcome him. How? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I want that testimony of what the blood has done for me coming out of my mouth, God. So help me, Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm trying to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit, help me keep guard. Help me recognize what's coming out. Help me recognize what's shaping my prosperity, what's shaping my health. It's not the herb. It's not the medications. It's not these, the food I eat. Come on. Those things are important, but they're secondary as to what's coming out of your mouth. 
Because I know people that had fast food and lived a long life. I know people that didn't live the most healthy life, didn't work out, but they lived a long duration of life. You know why? Number one, they didn't hold grudges. They walked in love. They kept their heart right. And number two, they had words coming out of their mouth that was better than any medicine that they could have coming into their mouth. They had the word of God coming out of their mouth, which was life and the promises lined up with covenant promises. Hallelujah. Y'all getting something out of this? Woo! Glory to God. So don't let fear move you uh, into the place where your authority and your mouth is borrowed by the devil. You understand what I'm saying? Fear can move you and motivate you into saying what that imagination is. You know, fear can start with an imagination. You can lie in bed and it grip hold of you. It's that real. You understand what I'm saying? And words, imaginations, pictures, images, the procession line, the headstone, what's written on it, the tubes coming in your body, the ventilator on you, then the symptoms just all over you. All of a sudden, you feel a bump, and the devil said it's going to grow, and it's going to travel. And fear grab. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever laid in bed like 3 in the morning, and all of a sudden, you're awake, and you're listening to it, and then the words start coming out of your mouth, and now you've given him keys. Now he can drive. What do you think he's going to do when he drives? If you tolerate fear, it contaminates faith. And when there's no faith to receive, you're going down a road where the cycle is sin and death. Glory to God. Uh, think about this. With our mouth, I'm skipping here. Uh, let me get back to this. Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26, verse 2. Proverbs 26, verse 2. Can I have like 15 more minutes? Or 10? How about 10? I told my wife I was going to preach 30 minutes today. <laughs> is, it all, is this all right? All right. Proverbs 26, 2. Look, look here in verse 2. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying... So the curse causeless shall not come. In other words, things don't just happen by accident. Things don't just happen for no reason. If the curse is evident, there's a cause. How many like to know the cause? Yeah. And so we can always go back to, do I have the life cycle turned on? And now that I know how to do it, is it turned on in my life? Glory to God. You, you know, I'm so thankful that we, we preach this and we teach this. I'm thankful that I've been taught this. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that I got a hold of this early on in like, was it 90? For me, I think it was like 
eight, yeah, about 1990, 91, when I got a hold of a, a shoebox. I called it the shoebox of faith. I still have it. And I've got cassette tapes by Brother Hagen, Mountain Moving Faith, Norval Hayes, Charles Capps, and a, a bunch of other cassette tapes. I still got it. I found it the other day. And I'm so thankful that a guy by the name of Wally Knight gave me that. And uh, when I got a hold of that, I started preaching that in my church. And I was even sat down and said, now you've got to be careful with this stuff. And then after that, somebody gave me all, I, I was dating a girl. And it was very short-lived because my mom said, she got a devil, you got to get rid of her. So I'd, she, I brought her home for New Year's Eve. She, said, she, she goes, you can't no more, she got a devil. And so that was it, man, I took her home. Had to drive all the way from here to Yorba Linda, took her home. And so, but her dad gave me all of E.W. Kenyon's books. And so it was worth that. It was worth that. And I remember bringing it up to some, some mentors and some people in the faith, you know, that, that I respected. They said, now stay away from those books. Stay away from, you know, those, those Hagen books and all that. But I'm so glad I didn't. I'm so glad I got into those and faith got into me. I'll tell you, man, and the devil's fought it ever since. Ridic people ridicule it. Why? Because the system of fear is so strong, even in religion. I had to come out of religion even. One level to another. They, they, they make you almost afraid to drive across the street to go visit another church. Because you're afraid you might die on the way over across the street. It's fear. I remember some, one time someone was traveling from the San Diego area all the way over to our, our first church in Hemet. And they said, they were crying. I said, come to my back room. I said, what's wrong? They said, well, I was always told, you know, that if I came and visited, you know, any other church that... It, that something you know, some kind of catastrophe might happen. And I just wanted to visit y'all. You're all my friends and stuff. But, man, I was shaking the whole way here. thought maybe I'd crash and die. I thought, that's, that's fear. That's real. That's not the spirit of God. That's the spirit of fear. What, what are you afraid of? I, I had to tell her. I said, you know, I'm not afraid of that with, with my people. I mean, if, if they're your dog, you don't have to put a leash on them. They'll keep coming back to the porch at night and eat him. You ever had that dog run away all the time? <laughs> well, if it's your dog, it'll come back. If it's, <laughs> I told one of my dogs one time, kept digging out. This was years ago. She got mad at me. I took the dog with me on an appointment one day. I said, all right, leaving the windows open, the door open. If you're my dog, you'll stay here. The dog jumped out of the car, followed me to the front door, and the, the customer said, Oh, how cute. Is this your dog? I said, nope. <laughs> kept digging, kept breaking out. Well, I've had compassion and mercy and grace since then. That was like back in 95, I think it was, or something like that. She get, we didn't have a problem with holes and digging out no more either. So, Well, praise the Lord. Well, I mean, that's the, the back to, that's the kind of fear that is, that perpetrates in a lot of these ministries because they want to control. They want to control. Fear is used to control. You understand what I'm saying? 
And, and you've got to watch what controls you. You want love controlling you. If love controls you, then fear is expelled. If fear is controlling you, then there's no love present. So you've got to ask, if, if ministry is controlling me with fear, it must not be because they love me. It's they want something from me. That's free. That didn't cost you anything, but it's true. Y'all get something out of that? Let me give you two more scriptures here, or three. Okay, I could do this real quick. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Let's go another step forward here. We have keys to the kingdom. Okay, remember I talked about how the devil can't go on a trip in your life without keys. He got no keys. He'd been stripped. He's been stripped of all his authority. He's toothless. <laughs> You've heard that phrase before. He's, his principalities, his powers, they've all been spoiled. He has absolutely no power over you. And Jesus said this. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That means I got authority. And then over here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, he said, And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Keys give access, right? With keys, you can drive. Who's in the driver's seat? It better be the church, right? Someone said the other day, Jesus, take the will. Take the, no, he gave you the will. He gave you the keys. He gave you the authority. He gave you the power, okay? You know, people have those bumper stickers that God's in control. No, God left you in control. Yeah, but God is sovereign. His sovereignty is in your mouth. There's absolutely some things God cannot do unless he's got your mouth to do it through. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, by binding and by loosing, you're working on the life cycle. Let me give you this last scripture here because this is so good. Isaiah 54, you've heard it before. No weapon formed against me, verse 17, shall prosper. But, you know, we never talk about the next part of this verse. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. In other words, don't just sit there and listen. Don't just sit there and listen to someone say, it's going to be a winner of death. Condemn it. Because if you sit there with, with, with an ear and it goes past your ear and into your hearing and you say nothing about it, you're just as subject to it as everybody else. But the Bible says he's given you keys. And with those keys, you bind that. You cancel that. You condemn that. Come on, somebody. When you wake up at 3 in the morning and the devil's lying to you, you come back at him and say, I rebuke you. I condemn that. I curse those words. I'll live and not die. Come on, somebody. 
He'll satisfy me with long life and show me his salvation. I'm the healed of God. By his stripes, I'm healed. You know, you could talk the same way back to President Biden when he says you're going to die because you're not vaccinated. Say, I'm going to live because I am vaccinated. By the blood of Jesus, I've been immunized, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper since you believe it. Double back that curse on you. I mean, you, you come to my house and you, the news will be on and I'll be in the other room and I'll hear her talking back to the TV set. That's because when she hears words like that or when I hear words, there's words going back at it because we have the ability to bind those things just like I can loose life, I can bind death and keep it from coming back, back on me. Every thought, every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, I bring it into the captivity of Christ. Woo, glory to God. I condemn that in Jesus' name. I condemn those words. It's going to be a lean year. No, no, it's going to be a fat year. <laughs> well, interest rates are going up. Well, guess what? I don't need interest rates because I'm living debt free. I got a house that's paid for. I call my cars paid for. I call our ministry paid for. Come on, somebody. You say, well, you still got a mortgage. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying what I'm looking at. I'm saying what's on my vision list for 2022. And guess what? This is going to be a year of freedom financially. If you sit there and say nothing, then you're subject to what everyone else is subject to. But Jesus said, you have whatever you say. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm corona proof. <laughs> I'm corona proof. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Symptoms come on my body. I condemn it. Cancel it out. Starts to crawl in your throat and you're feeling that. No, 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 no. I cancel that out. All of a sudden your mind's going there. No, no, no. You can't stay in my body. You can't stay in my house. You can't stay in my church. Come on, somebody. Same way with everything else you're believing for. Deuteronomy 30, 19. We'll close with this. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Notice that. So thou and thy seed shall live. What you choose and what you got coming out of your mouth doesn't just affect you. It affects your seed. It, do you see that? It affects your seed. Why? Because you are building a heritage of faith. Glory to God. Choose today. Make a choice that what comes out of my mouth is going to keep me on the life cycle. It's going to keep the spirit of life in Christ Jesus Operating in my home, in my body, in my marriage, 
with my family, glory to God, with my children, with my, my job, my education, whatever it is you're put, whatever, whatever you're putting your hands to, the spirit of life is functioning and flowing with everything that pertains to you. The spirit of death and the spirit of sin, the law, law of those things, it's not manageable in my life. It's not welcome in my home. It's not welcome in my mouth. I'm not talking in line with that. I choose not to have death. I enjoy talking, but I enjoy the fruit of life. So that's what I'll say in Jesus' name. And, and I'll tell you what, when fear starts to come, you learn to cancel it. You condemn it. Do it right away. The very first thing that we said is so important. When it comes knocking at your door, say, no, I'm the beloved of God. God loves me. And then add a promise to it. Whatever it is you're believing for. God loves me. All my needs are met according to his scriptures, according to his riches and glory by Christ. God loves me, and I'm redeemed from all the curse. God loves me, and I'm kept by his power. God loves me, by stripes I was healed. God loves me, glory to God, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. God loves me, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. God loves me, and I'm kept in the palm of his hand, nothing shall pluck me out. God loves me, hallelujah, and I got Psalms 91. I mean, we've, we've read it for two years. We, it's time we start believing it. Right? We've been preaching it for two years. We've read it for two years. It's, it's time we get it coming out of our mouth. And we start condemning some things. And go on the offense with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all get something out of that tonight?